Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis. Here for the next hour, taking you up until 8 p.m. Eastern as we get ready for week 12 of the NFL season and the fantasy football season. Obviously a critical week with teams battling for playoff spots, and we got you covered. You can find all my work at ScoutFantasySports.com as my Week 12 Fab Line Bidding Guide is up and quite a few options. And, of course, you have to take into account when your waiver wire ends. Obviously, in the high-stakes leagues, next week is the final week that you can make your bid, so no need in holding on to money uh, with some potential players that could emerge this week and maybe become fixtures on your team down the stretch. So you can check out the Week 12 Fab Line Bidding Guide today, as well as uh, Dr. Roto's articles and podcasts. The Week 12 projections are up. And, of course, updated Dynasty rankings from Scott Atkins as well. You can ask your questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. There's also a Vegas Whispers football pick'em contest uh, it started in week 11, but you can still join now. It is free to enter, so there's nothing to lose. There's a bunch of prizes. You can check out all the details on ScoutFantasySports.com. So head on over today and enter. If you enter the promo code RONAS70, you get 70% off your first month. That covers season-long leagues as well as Scout DFS. We have uh, NBA, NHL, and NFL as well. NFL this past week, the Optimizer, which is a part of your subscription. It's a really useful tool. I uh, gave out Saquon Barkley, had the Giants defense, which came through. So uh, T.Y. Hilton in there, so a lot of good picks. Uh, so it's just another tool to kind of navigate you in the right direction. You know, you could always put in your core players. You know, for example, if you're in NBA tonight and you decide, okay, I want to play Montrez Harrell, uh, you want to play... John Wall, you want to play the value plays in Miami, you just plug them in, then you hit optimize and you see what it gives you. And you know you could disagree with things and X them out and then mess around with it again. So uh, it definitely updates as well. You know, when the Knicks changed their starting lineup, it had Enos Cantor in there tonight. He's 6,300 on DraftKings. We know he's when he plays big minutes that he's going to produce. So uh, you can check that out. There's a seven-day free trial for the NBA DFS as well. You don't believe me? Try it out for a week. Use the optimizer win some money in cash games, maybe cash in a GPP, you'll see. And then you'll want to join for the rest of the season because, again, these entry fees are not much at all. You're basically going to make that money back if you know what you're doing, and we're going to give you the tools and instruction for success. So it's worth it for sure because you're not investing much, and you're going to win it all back. So your basically entry fee is paid for. I mean, think about it. You can play NBA every day. There's no – off days, except Thursday. Thanksgiving, there's no NBA, but you could play every night. Uh, so it's absolutely worth it. You know, the NBA season is only a month old, so we got a long way to go. 
And, you know, you don't have to play every day. It depends on your availability, obviously. As I've mentioned many times, if you're not available before that tip-off of an hour, just don't play on that night. You know, we, we saw even on a four-game slate tonight, there was a lot of late-breaking news. We had to find out if Kyle Lowry was going to play. The Knicks really changed their starting lineup. We had to wait and see if Danilo Gallinari was in. He is in. Uh, the Wizards made some changes with Dwight Howard out, Kelly Oubre starting. So that's a four-game slate, and I just hit on a handful of news. We got some big slates on Wednesday and Friday, so we can help you out at scoutdfs.com. So make sure you check it out today. And, of course, VegasWhispers.com. It uh, was a push last night because it was Kansas City getting three. Obviously, the Rams won by three in just a thrilling game. If you somehow went to sleep earlier or didn't see it, you got to watch it. 54-51, the Rams in a, a highly anticipated regular season game that lived up to the billing and more. Such a, a fun game and a lot of swings in fantasy. I put out on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, at Adam Ronis. You know, what happened? Did you suffer a bad beat? Because there were people that had leads of 50 or 60 that probably were relinquished. I know I was down, I think I was down about 50, 60 in the league. I had Mahomes, Reynolds, and Gurley. My opponent had a Kareem Hunt, and I came back to win. So a lot of definitely game-changing uh, swings last night. But uh, VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. They have you covered there, and uh, they'll take care of you. And uh, it's been a, a 65 to 70% winning percentage So over the last 14 days or so. Uh, an occasional free pick of the day as well. So make sure you check it out, VegasWhispers.com. Uh, you can we'll also have Bill Enright on from FFChamps.com. He's going to join me in the next segment. Always good to talk to him. Uh, we'll look at some of the waiver wire pickups as well as some things that developed from Week 11 and what it means for your fantasy team going forward. But uh, let's check out, check out the latest news and what's going on in football right now. O.J. Howard, big news here. He was placed on injured reserve with foot and ankle injuries, so his season is over. And this is why you have to be very careful in trusting the team because I think Tampa said, oh, it's not a big deal. He should be okay. They wanted him to get a second opinion. Well, the second opinion came in, and he is done. So what does this do now for the Tampa Bay offense? Well, Cameron Brait, definitely someone you need to pick up. He's probably on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues, and we've seen Brait have success before uh, we saw last year he had six touchdowns and that was even with OJ Howard playing although we didn't see much OJ Howard early he had eight touchdowns in 2016 and you know he did there was one game that OJ Howard missed this year that was week four uh, or he left the game early uh, because they had a bye in week five and OJ Howard surprisingly came back from that MCL sprain in week six but in week four with OJ Howard leaving the game early we saw 37 snaps from Cameron Brait. He had four targets, three receptions, 29 yards, and a touchdown. So the reason why he's so appealing is, number one, this Tampa Bay defense is awful, and they're going to be playing from behind. They are the second most pass. They have the second most pass attempts in the NFL this year. So they're going to be putting the ball in the air a lot. We know Jameis Winston takes chances. He'll throw it into tight windows. We also have seen Winston have a penchant for throwing to Brait near the goal line. So we know how volatile tight end is. And usually when you're looking at those back-end tight ends, you're really hoping for a touchdown. There are just not many guys when you're looking at tight ends eight and beyond that are going to get a lot of volume. That's the reason why they're there in that range. So you're really looking for touchdowns. And you got to think that Brait has a really good chance of a touchdown in this offense, especially with no O.J. Howard. I mean, Howard, such a good tight end. Uh, and he, he's going to be really good 
in fantasy in the next couple of years as well. And it kind of pushed Brait, you know, behind him. And we didn't see Brait do as much this year. You know, Brait does have three touchdowns. He scored from in weeks three, four, and six. But O.J. Howard was the guy there. Now with O.J. Howard gone, it just opens up more opportunity for Brait. So, you know, there's always a good chance of him scoring in a given week. So he definitely becomes one of the top pickups. I wrote about him in the Fab column today. But at that time that I wrote it, didn't know that O.J. Howard was out. Obviously, that's going to increase the bid because uh, there's got to be some teams that are starving at tight end. And I'm sure the the people with Travis Kelsey, who's on by this week, probably don't have a backup tight end, especially if you're in a league with 16 spots. So Cameron Brait will be your answer this week. So uh, I already got a couple questions today on the message boards at scoutfantasysports.com. And again, we answer those all day long. That's part of your subscription. That's one of the uh, biggest perks of it. Ask your questions anytime, you'll get an answer. But Brait certainly has seen a, a big uptick here with O.J. Howard out for the year. And especially this week, too, uh, they're playing the 49ers with an over-under of 55 on Sunday. So Brait always in play uh, to potentially get a touchdown. So tough break for O.J. Howard owners, but Cameron Brait's probably sitting out there on the waiver wire in many leagues. It's really not looking good for Mitchell Trubisky right now. You know, we didn't think it was that serious, but he's dealing with a shoulder injury. And the problem is, is the Bears play on Thanksgiving, the first game of the day at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. You know, the Bears played Sunday night in the late game. They were not scheduled to play in that game. That game was flexed to prime time and, you know, puts the Bears in a tough spot. But with the short week, it's looking like Mitch Trubisky is not going to play. The Chicago Tribune reports plenty of signs point towards Trubisky missing the game on Thursday. He did not practice today. It's a short week anyway. You're going to see a lot of guys who are a little banked up not practice. But, you know, I think Adam Schefter from ESPN reported earlier in the day that signs pointed to him. But then Matt Nagy, when he talked at his press conference, sounded very pessimistic about it. So uh, it's looking like he might not play. And that would mean Chase Daniel will get the start for the Bears, and that has to hurt the offense. I know the Detroit Lions have not been good defensively, but they're at home on Thanksgiving. They're used to playing in this spot, and the Bears you know, have a even shorter span playing in that Sunday night game and going on the road and not potentially having their quarterback. So uh, this changes things drastically for the outlook of a lot of those Chicago Bears. So it's something to keep in mind, and we might have an official – designation for Trubisky's status tomorrow. So uh, definitely not good news there if you're a Mitchell Trubisky owner or invested in that uh, offense of the uh, Chicago Bears. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, last night, obviously, was a classic game. And it, it was noticeable that we really didn't see Todd Gurley a lot. And, you know, it looked like he got hurt early in the game, but they never said anything. And we didn't see him. We saw him late in the game. He played and he finished. He just didn't get heavy volume. Uh, there was a couple of reasons for that. One, Sean McVay said that you know they were focusing on him a lot. They were kind of daring them to pass, and obviously they're going to do that. But Gurley had his lowest carries of the season, 12 for 55, and three catches for 39 yards, and he didn't score a touchdown. So in a game, the Rams put up 54 points. They did have two defensive touchdowns as well. Ty Gurley was very quiet for what you expected, and we found out today that Gurley was dealing with an ankle issue that limited him, but they said he's fine. He rolled his ankle early in the game. They never announced an injury 
I didn't see him getting taped up, and he did finish the game. So the timing is good because the Rams are on bye this week. Then they'll return and play the Lions in Week 13. So it seems like Gurley is fine, but it's another reminder, too. If you're a Gurley owner, go get Malcolm Brown. I mean, this is the time of year, if you haven't done it already, you want to handcuff your top running backs. And especially now, before the price goes up, you know, because if Gurley were to get hurt, then forget it. You know, people, whoever has the most money left is going to empty the budget and get Malcolm Brown. So kind of talked about this the last couple of weeks. So this is the opportunity to go out there now and to get uh, a Malcolm Brown if you're a Gurley owner, even if you're not, you know, you you can go get him and uh, make sure that you have that, uh, that tied up there uh, as a uh, tied Gurley owner. Traquan Smith. You know, yesterday we talked about him being on the injury report with a foot injury. Obviously, the team didn't practice yesterday, but um, he was limited in practice today. So that's a good sign. So that would indicate that Traquan Smith's going to play this week, and he is at home against the Falcons. So you like Traquan Smith at home, for sure, because the Saints offense is better at home. Atlanta is a good matchup on the defensive side. That's uh, no question about it. And, uh, you know, again, Trey Quan Smith is boomer bust. We talked about him last week saying he was a good DFS play because of his salary. I wrote a deep sleeper column that comes out on Saturday saying, forget about what he did in week 10 with the zero, go back to him. And he had 13 targets, 10 catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown as the Eagles paid more attention to Michael Thomas and to uh, Alvin Kamara. And that opened things up for Trey Quan Smith. And uh, we all know that they're going to spread the ball around and they'll hit the open guy. That's what Drew Brees and the Saints offense does. So, yeah, there's a little volatility with Trey Smith, but if he's available in your league, certainly I would absolutely go pick him up. Marvin Jones did not practice again today. It's looking very unlikely that he's going to play on Thursday with the Lions taking on the Bears. So I would be prepared to be without him. I think you kind of knew this anyway. So that opens up some targets for Bruce Ellington for very deep formats. Maybe DFS if you're playing the Thanksgiving slate. It's a tough matchup, though, going up against the Bears. But we did see Ellington get nine targets last uh, week. And maybe this game's more competitive now with Chase Daniel, likely a quarterback for the Bears. Kerryon Johnson also did a practice. He's pretty much ruled out as well. One thing to keep an eye on here, though, is uh, Matt Patricia said the Lions are very confident in Zach Zenner. And it's a t- again, it's a, the Bears. They've been really stout against the run. They've only allowed 3.6 yards per carry this season. But it's possible on Johnson misses longer than one week. So uh, in deeper formats where you got like 20 roster spots and there's not much left, maybe you pick up a Zach Center because I just don't have confidence in LeGarrette Blount. He just has not been good. Uh, Theo Riddick obviously gets an uptick in the passing game. And we've talked about him for the last few weeks. If he's available, you get him in PPR formats. He's been running out of the slot a lot. They've been targeting him more. He's got like 22 targets over the last three games. So he gives you a high floor in PPR formats. You're going to get 8 to 12 points from him without getting a touchdown. But LeGarrette Blount has just been so mediocre, and we'll see if they continue to go to him. But there is a chance that we see more Zach Zenner. Again, not a great matchup this week, but I think in real deep formats, certainly on the radar as someone that you could stash on the bench in case Kerryon Johnson has to miss an extended period of time, or they indeed do feed Zach Zenner this week. It wouldn't be crazy and. Uh, to see that happen, and, you know, there are teams that are starving for running backs at this portion of the season. Ryan Tannehill will return to be the quarterback of the Dolphins this week. He did say, though, he's still experiencing pain in his shoulder, but he thinks he can make all the throws and he feels good. 
Either way, that's not a good sign. You really don't want to invest in this Dolphins offense anyway. They just haven't been good. But uh, Brock Osweiler now, you can cut him in the super flex leagues or two quarterback leagues. Yeah, I still don't feel good about Tannehill. He's going against the Colts this week. The Colts have been better defensively. So uh, just that Miami offense is, is a mess right now. Eagles offensive coordinator Mike Rose said, incorporating Golden Tate into the offense has been difficult. I mean, really? Come on, man. You had the whole bye week. You had two weeks to get him involved. I don't understand this. So we did see him get up more playing time against the Saints, and he had eight targets, five catches for 48 yards. But, man, especially with the Eagles falling out of the playoff contention, it could turn out to be a really bad trade. And, uh, you know, this is the risk that you have with receivers changing teams during the season. We've seen Demarius Thomas, Thomas struggle, no catches over the last seven quarters. And the difference, you know, as I mentioned with Amari Cooper, is that Cooper is the number one target in the offense, and he's going to be flooded with targets because they really have no one else. So he's able to make the transition. But Tate and Thomas, not primary guys in their offense, and you're seeing the adjustment period that's there for them. The Dallas Morning News is saying that Michael Gallup plans to play on Thanksgiving. In case you missed it, his brother committed suicide after the Cowboys win on Sunday. So Gallup's going to be real emotional. Prayers to his family. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a good game. We've seen the emotion play a part. Maybe you use him in DFS this week. When we return, I'm going to be joined by Bill Enright. You can find him at ffchance.com. He's been one of the top rankers according to Fantasy Pros the last few years. He joins me next, Scout Fantasy Sports. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you check out ScoutFantasySports.com. We got the Week 12 projections are up. My Week 12 blind bid guide for Fab, Dr. Roto's podcast. Check out our Vegas Whispers football pick'em contest. You can join for free, and it's for NFL and college picks. Updated Dynasty football rankings from Scott Atkins. And, of course, ask your questions on the message boards and the forums at any time. Enter the promo code RONAS70. Get 70% off your first month. And we also have you covered. ScoutDFS.com for NFL, NBA, and NHL. Time now to bring in Bill Enright. You can find him at FFChamps.com. Bill, what's up? Bill, are you there? What's up? What's going on, man? Listen, I know you've been on the uh, radio for the last hour or so. I just wanted to give you a quick update. Patrick Mahomes just threw another touchdown. Unbelievable, man. I mean, how great was it to watch that game last night? We all had high expectations. The over-under was 64. But, man, did it live up to the hype and more, especially for fantasy. And, you know, it's funny because I was asked over the weekend, is there anyone that you wouldn't play from this game? And I said, yeah, there is. I wouldn't play either the Rams or the Chiefs defense. And even that was wrong. Uh, both of those two defensive special teams went off as well. So fantasy glory all around. It was really incredible. Yeah, when I had people telling me they played the Rams defense, I'm like, you guys got lucky and bailed out. I mean, really, 
How could you have played the Rams defense? I know they got the two defensive touchdowns, but come on, man. I think people got bailed out if they did that. I understand doing it in the DFS showdown where you're trying to be contrarian and you're hoping, but in a season-long league, come on. It's crazy, but hey, man, it works out. Sometimes things just work out. Who knows? Maybe they didn't want to drop the Rams defense. Who knows if there were, you know, who was available on their waiver wire for whatever reason, but kudos to all those people that roll with them, man. I like seeing that kind of thing, especially if it helped make uh, you know, a few matchups. Yeah, definitely they got bailed out there. Uh, and even the Chiefs defense, if you used them. I had the Chiefs defense for a couple weeks. I saw the Rams. I dropped them. I said, I'm not using them there. But uh, coming out of this game, I mean, what do you take away from it, though? Because there were so many points put up. Like, we, we knew Josh Reynolds would see an expanded role a little bit with Cooper Cup out. He had eight targets, six for 80 and a touchdown. Narrowly missed a second touchdown where he couldn't get that foot inbounds. But is there anything significant to take away where you say, okay, he's going to be a big piece of this offense going forward? Or do you say, well, look how many points they put up, and that's not an, something that we're going to see going forward? You know, Josh Reynolds is going to be a player that I think people have to debate whether or not they're going to put him in their starting lineup. And when they do, he can either hit big like he did last night or he can really let them down. For the most part, for a long time, the Rams were really four players. Todd Gurley, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, and Jared Goff, so five. Um, now with Cooper Cup gone, I think it's going to be a mix. I think it's going to be a mix of Josh Reynolds, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby. We saw all of them eat last night, but that was when they scored over 50 points. And I don't think since that's not going to happen every week, I don't think Reynolds can be considered a weekly reliable option. He's, he's an option. He's just not going to be a weekly reliable option then people are going to look at the tight ends because we know pretty much unless you have a Kelsey, and Ertz, or a Kittle, you don't feel great about tight end every week. And we saw Tyler Higby get seven targets and Gerald Everett get four but score two touchdowns. He has three touchdowns in the last two weeks on both these guys, obviously with the Rams on by in week 12. But could you see them being a fantasy factor the rest of the way? I don't want to jump ahead. I'm sure we'll get to it. But if you are looking for a tight end, Cameron Bray, just empty your pockets on him if you're doing fab. Use that number one waiver wire claim. He's going to be a legit tight end goal, tight end number one going forward with O.J. Howard on injured reserve. Uh, back to the Rams tight ends. Again, I think it's the same situation as Josh Reynolds. You can use them as an option. Just don't have that expectation where they're going to get you 10 points in a PPR league. Now, Everett has had over nine points in his last three weeks in the PPR format. I would go with him over Higby, even though Higby's the one that got more targets. We saw Everett do a little bit more of athleticism and use, his, use that to his advantage against the end zone last night, scoring two touchdowns. So, again, the Rams offense, high octane, a lot of offense. They're moving the football. But between Josh Reynolds and those two tight ends, I think it's going to be just one of them having a good fantasy day instead of all three of them. Talking to Bill Enright, you can find him ffchamps.com. And, of course, you mentioned Cameron Braid. Uh, people are aware, talked about it in the first segment, O.J. Howard put on injured reserve. So, clearly, that's going to open up a lot of targets for Cameron Braid, who's probably on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. Uh, do you notice him available in most of your leagues? Yeah, and in the leagues that I need a tight end with Jimmy Graham's finger situation and not really wanting to rely on Ben Watson and Gerald Everett being on a bye this week, yeah, I'm absolutely going after Cam Braid. And I, I've seen him available in a lot of leagues, specifically for the fact that O.J. Howard was doing so well, especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center. Now that we expect Winston to get back under quarterback for the Bucks, we know those two, Winston and Brayton, have some kind of good 
red zone touchdown chemistry that fantasy managers like to see. So, again, I'm, I'm, I'm breaking the bank for Cameron Bray. You mentioned Winston, and what do fantasy owners do with this guy? Because we know he can put up big-time fantasy numbers. We also know he's prone to turning over the ball. There might be some teams out there that maybe have Goff or Mahomes and no backup, and Winston's sitting there going against the 49ers this week. But how much confidence do you have? Because isn't it possible Winston gets benched at some point in this game? And this is a critical week for a lot of fantasy owners trying to battle for the playoffs. So what do you do this week with Winston in your rankings? I'm ranking him inside my top 20, outside my top 15. You know, Patrick Mahomes is the gift that keeps on giving, and I wasn't smart enough to recognize this during my fantasy drafts. I was smart enough to draft Patrick Mahomes, but I wasn't smart enough to recognize the fact that only he and Jared Goff are the quarterbacks on a bye this week. So in the last couple of weeks, six quarterbacks have been on a bye. So you're fighting against other managers in your league to get a quarterback. This week, it's only Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes. So you know, realistically, you're really only going after another manager in your league on the waiver wire that's going after a quarterback. Maybe they're going after Lamar Jackson, Eli Manning. Baker Mayfield has a good matchup. Um, so I think there's four or five quarterbacks with really only two fantasy managers. Maybe if you had Alex Smith, maybe if you have Pat, uh, Mitch Trubisky, he's not going to play this week. Um, maybe those other managers are, are going for a quarterback, but likely they're really quarterback too. So it's really just Mahomes and Goff that you're trying to compete for whoever has the other one of those two um, to pick up a quarterback this week. I'm waiting to see if Lamar Jackson is going to be named the starter and if Joe Flacco is going to be ruled out because I'd rather have Lamar Jackson. I'd rather take Lamar Jackson rushing the ball for 10 or 15 times. We saw him do it 27 times, the most by a quarterback since 1960, 27 rushing attempts in week 11. I'll take 10 or 15 rushing attempts from Lamar Jackson instead of rolling with Jameis Winston, who, like you said, could be benched at any given moment. Is that the biggest concern with Winston? Like, if we knew, you know, hey, he, he's got the job, he's good to go, because the Tampa Bay quarterbacks, I believe when you combine their numbers, would be like the QB3 overall for the season. So is that the biggest concern with Winston is you just don't know when he's going to get pulled if he makes a couple of bad throws? Is, is, is that the biggest concern with him? I, I think it's that, and I think it's the turnover. Um, he's a guy that had 11, 11 fumbles and 11 interceptions last year, 22 turnovers as the starter for the Bucks in 2017. This year, we've seen him be on a shorter leash than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, they handed the job back to Winston when Fitzpatrick struggled. Fitzpatrick struggled again this past week against the Giants. They handed the, the, uh, the job back to Winston. But when Fitzpatrick came in to replace Winston, they let Fitzpatrick start another week. And I think it was against the Bucks when they pushed Winston out and, and they brought Fitzpatrick back in. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a huge concern, man. I mean, if your quarterback only plays a half, that's terrible. Yeah, it's better than when Marcus Mariota uh, gave fantasy owners this past week. Uh, or, Car- he, or Carson Wentz. Yeah, I'm, oh, my goodness. I mean, that that Eagles performance, my goodness. I mean, Wentz and Ertz, you know, probably extremely reliable, highly owned in DFS, and, boy, did they ever crap the bet. How about their OC coming out today? And we're having a difficult time trying to game plan, uh, come up with plays for Golden Tate. That's like my kid getting a new toy for Christmas, not playing with it for three weeks because he didn't bother to read the instructions. I mean, what, what are they waiting for? You he, had to, they had the bye week, too, when they acquired exactly. him. Right, right. They had a bye week, too, to, to, to play for. They, they could have just been doing Golden Tate out routes or in routes, whatever you want, 
He is the yards after catch king. You don't need to draw up these creative plays for him. Just get him the ball when he's in one-on-one coverage and let him do the rest. It's amazing how quickly Philadelphia has fallen off because uh, I thought as of a couple weeks ago they were in good shape to win that division and uh, how quickly things have changed, uh, especially after that an embarrassment at the hands of the Saints this past week. So, uh, yeah, you, you were feeling good about that offense. And now, I, I mean, it was the Saints it was on the road, but, man, they didn't even show up. Never a believer in the Eagles. Here's why. They lost to the Titans. They lost to the Panthers, and in in uh, um, they let the Panthers come back in the fourth quarter. Now, everyone jumped back on the Eagles and said, oh, they look great, because they demolished the Giants, who stink, on Thursday night football, primetime TV, and that, that changed a lot of people's biases. And then all of a sudden, we saw them come back against the Cowboys. They looked terrible. And then this past weekend against the Saints, they looked terrible. So that Super Bowl hangover thing, that's, that's legit. That's a real thing, and we've seen it year in and year out, and the Eagles are definitely uh, on top of one of those biggest Super Bowl hangover teams. Yeah, and they've also had a ton of injuries in the secondary, too. That's uh, been a big problem. Yes. And going up against the Saints, that's the wrong team to have problems in the secondary. Talking to Bill Enright from FFChamps.com. You mentioned Lamar Jackson. Uh, he's probably still available in some leagues. I picked him up uh, as soon as we had word in the bye week that Flacco had a hip injury. I immediately grabbed him in a few leagues. I wound up starting him in two. One was a super flex league. Obviously, he can't run like that going forward. But you mentioned 10 to 15 carries, which is certainly reasonable. They didn't seem to have confidence in him passing. Do you think they open it up just a bit, especially if he gets to start this week against that Raiders defense? I don't know if they have less confidence in him or less confidence in their receiving core. I, I, I thought John Brown, and I admitted that I was wrong about this because he was doing it week in and week out. I thought he was a fluke for like the first month of the season. And then he kept doing it through, you know, seven, eight weeks. I was like, okay, I guess I'm wrong about this guy. But now he turned back into the pumpkin. Uh, same thing with Willie Sneed. Same thing with old man Michael Crabtree. Uh, they keep drafting tight ends in the first round or in the second round. I have no idea why. But maybe it's more of a concern about their uh, pass catchers instead of their passers. And I hate when all of these analysts come on TV or radio or write articles and say, well, Lamar Jackson's not going to be able to stay healthy. He needs to stop running the football. That's not going to happen overnight. So I don't think people need to panic. Yes, he's not going to have 27 rushing attempts. Again, the most ever by a quarterback since 1960. But I do think he's still going to continue to rush the football. That's part of his game. And, yeah, maybe we see him get hurt because he's running the football too much. Um, you know, Cam Newton is a little bit of a different build. He's a lot stronger. Same thing with a guy like Ben Roethlisberger. He's a lot bigger. You know, Lamar Jackson's more like that Deshaun Watson body type. And they're not going to be able to hold up. But until that happens, we're still banking on his rushing attempts and his rushing yardage. And that's what we always say at Adam. Rushing quarterbacks, those dual-threat quarterbacks, they are fantasy football dream. We don't care what they do in reality. But in fantasy, they're great. Oh, definitely. I mean, that, always mention it all the time. Uh, they don't have to do much. I mean, Lamar Jackson did not have a touchdown last week. In one of my leagues, he had like 18 points without getting a touchdown. And then he had, what, 175 yards passing? Well, I think it was 150 in that range. Yeah, 150, I mean, whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. So it goes to show you right there that he didn't even get a touchdown. And look what he did. And, and as we mentioned, he's not going to get the – 27 carries every week but he also will get a touchdown or two maybe one rushing one passing and he doesn't even need to do much yardage rise and the schedule for the Ravens upcoming is just 
phenomenal beginning this week with the Raiders. So, uh, and they are battling for a playoff spot too. Believe it or not, they're five and five. They're top of the bunch of other teams in the AFC. Who? When, when are we going to say Gus? Who? Uh, oh yeah, we're going to do that right now. Actually, Gus Evans, All right. man. I mean, <laughs> I, I, he's not owned in any of my leagues, and I play in some deep formats. Obviously, that was a shock because I think Alex Collins' owners thought, okay, here we go. Number one, they said the Bengals' defense. We know how putrid they are. So they said, okay, we got a good matchup. Then they saw Lamar Jackson, a quarterback. Oh, great. Running lanes opening up. You know, with the running quarterback, it certainly helps the running back. Then you see him get a touchdown early in the game, but then basically disappear. And Gus Edwards takes over. Is he someone that you have to add off, off the waiver wire? Is this a changing of the guard? Do they go with them going forward? I mean, Harbaugh was pretty complimentary of him in the postgame. All right, a couple things here. One, I went back and forth via email with your boy, Sean Childs, this weekend. He had Ty Montgomery ranked very high. And I kind of said, you know, Sean, what's up with this? Why is Ty Montgomery ranked so high? He's like, dude, the, the matchup's great. The Ravens don't believe in Alex Collins. Now, the player wasn't right, but Sean's process was right. The fact that it was a great matchup and it wasn't going to be Alex Collins, he got that part right. No one knew who Gus Edwards was. Nobody. I mean, he's an undrafted free agent out of Miami, I think. I, I, I had to really, like, go back and, like, look at the teams that brought him in for the NFL interview process during the draft. I don't think he was at the Combine. You know, no one knew who this guy was. So, Sean had the fact that it was going to be a Ravens running back against this crappy Bengals defense, but, and it wasn't going to be Alex Collins. So, kudos to Sean for having his process right. And I just wish that I, it would have been Ty Montgomery – because I would have made a lot more money on DFS this weekend. Now, for, yeah. for anyone yeah. out – go ahead. Go No, go ahead. Anyone out there that is looking to pick up Gus Edwards, listen, man, I mean, running backs don't grow on trees. They have a great schedule the rest of the way. That's why I was holding on to Alex Collins in a few leagues. Great schedule the rest of the way. And we know the Ravens want to run the football. So if you need a running back or even if you're looking for a borderline flex play, take a shot on Gus Edwards this time of year – we see guys like Kenyon Drake last year all of a sudden pop off a couple big games, and then they turn into league winners. Yeah, we had Sean on last week, and we asked him about that because someone on the message board had asked a question, and they were like, what's going on? And Sean explained he just kind of plugs in the projections and kind of similar to what he told you. And I, I looked at it, and I said, he's way too high. I understand that it could have been Montgomery. The problem with that is that he had yet to been active, and we didn't see him. But he did make the, uh, the, you know, basically say that Collins is in trouble. And I think we saw right. that. Clearly, Harbaugh is just not enamored with him. Collins didn't force any missed tackles last week, and Edwards did. And, yeah, if he's available on the waivers, which he is in every league. I haven't seen him owned in any leagues as I was doing my preliminary waiver wire work. He's owned every, uh, available everywhere. And, you know, in some leagues, the waiver wire closes next week, like in the high-stakes league. So you're not, you don't right. get to take that fab home with you. Right, right. My 35-man, 12-team, 35-roster spot, Dynasty League, Gus Edwards is available. So I'm not good at math, but that's over 300 players taken, and, and Gus Edwards is still there. That's all you need to know. I mean, if he's available in a league like that, man, that is crazy. And whoever has the most money left probably will get him. Lots more ahead here. We'll continue. We'll bring Bill back. 
We'll close it out looking at the rest of the waiver wire and some interesting trends from week 11 and what it means for your fantasy team going forward. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you check out ScoutFantasySports.com. The Week 12 Fab Line Bidding Guide is up from myself. Podcast from Dr. Roto. Week 12 Projections. Dynasty Rankings from Scott Atkins. And, of course, our Vegas Whispers Football Pick'em Contest. It is free to enter. No reason not to. And if you enter the promo code RONIS70, you get 70% off your first month, whether it's season-long NBA DFS or NFL DFS, which includes access to the optimizer. So make sure you check us out today. Joined by Bill Enright. You can find him from ffchamps.com. Another running back that could be available. I mean, I picked him up weeks ago in leagues. I didn't play him in any until this past week. I played him in my 14-team league where I just am hurting at RB2. That's Josh Adams from the Eagles. We heard Doug Peterson last week say he would get more involved. I don't know if last week was a good barometer since they got blown out, but he did have seven carries, and he did get six targets and catch three passes. Are you confident that Adams will be the back here in Philly and that they no longer split with Clement and Smallwood? Not even a little bit. I think Adams will certainly be involved, but so will Smallwood and Clement. I don't know why. I think Adams, first of all, in Dynasty Leagues, people were all about him this preseason because he looked like the best back on the team. And then he made the practice squad. He didn't make the active roster. And then it took a Jay Ajayi to get hurt and Darren Sproles to get hurt before they brought Adams off the practice squad onto the active roster. That tells you that, okay, he's a rookie. Maybe didn't grasp everything they needed him to grasp. But the Eagles have, have consistently broken their hearts with this running back by committee. For a while, it looked like Jay Ajayi was going to be the guy. Then week one, Darren Sproles all of a sudden got a ton of carries. Then Darren Sproles got hurt, it was back to Ajayi. Ajayi gets hurt, it was back to uh, Clement. Clement has a quad injury, it's back to Smallwood. So I, I just think they're going to keep rotating. I can't trust that backfield as much as I'd like to because I really believe in their offensive line, and I think they'd like to run the football more, but I think it's going to be a three-man rotation. What do you think of Theo Riddick going forward, especially with on Johnson, who was actually starting to command targets, too, in the passing game, even with Riddick on the field, with him being out at least this week. You know, it's good that Carrion Johnson, the initial fear was that he tore his ACL. That would have really sucked because a lot of people drafted him, 
you know, the after the mid-round, like mid-late round, like seventh, eighth round. And he's been really coming on the last couple of weeks. You mentioned his involvement in the passing attack, something that LeGarrette Blunt not has not been known to do throughout his career. So we kind of thought that, oh, wow, well, theoretically, maybe they put him more in the kind of slot area where Golden Tate is now going to be missing. And on Johnson will still get a lot of reps in the backfield. So the injury is certainly a concern. And, and we saw Joe Mixon, we saw Sonny Michelle, we saw a couple other backs go down with these knee injuries that kind of nick them up. That slow down Matt Breda was another one. Um, that kind of just slowed them down for a couple of weeks. And it's just bad timing for on Johnson with the fantasy playoffs coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it looks like they finally have their answer. Running back, it's taken them a long time. And then for him to go down was just a, a big disappointment. Uh, speaking of disappointments, Dalvin Cook, I mean, if people used him last week, and we, look, we knew it was a tough matchup against the Bears, but my surprise was that they didn't get him involved in the passing game uh, at all. I mean, he had three targets for negative two yards. Uh, Cook looked good in week nine before the bye against Detroit. Was this just a tough matchup against the Bears defense that is really good against the run, or uh, should we be concerned about Dalvin Cook the rest of the way? I'd like to hope it's as easy as the – Bears just being a tough matchup. But I can't say that with too much confidence because we had what other than a 75-yard run we were supposed to be on a limited snap count. What have we seen from Dalvin Cook this year that really makes us want to put him into his, our lineup? You know, he's been hurt with the hamstring injury and he originally said that that was only cramps and it turned out those cramps kept him out of action for 7 weeks or 6 weeks whatever it was. I, I, they, they're still using Latavius Murray, even with Cook now healthy. I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. And, again, Kirk Cousins is throwing the football a lot. You know, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, they got to eat, man. And that, that's hurting the rushing attack, too. So, Dalvin Cook, early second-round pick, late, late first-round pick, maybe if you're in a 12-team league. I don't know. The running backs went heavy early. You take Dalvin Cook, 12th pick. He's probably the biggest bust so far. Yeah, he's definitely been a disappointment. And, too, that offensive line, too, is not very good. Uh, that's been Terrible. A big, yeah, it's been a part of the problem, too. Run blocking has not been there for him. Talking to Bill Enright, FFChamps.com. You know, DJ Moore had two quiet weeks, including one against Tampa Bay, and then all of a sudden he exploded this week. Can we count on DJ Moore going forward week to week? Yes, I think we can. He has a, a tremendously easy schedule going forward. I think the Panthers are starting to realize that Devin Funches is just not a, you know, a legit number one option. I think they've been waiting for DJ Moore to kind of catch up on things as a rookie. And now that he has, I think he's going to be their guy going forward. You know Christian McCaffrey's going to get a lot of targets, so is Greg Olson. But from the wide receiver standpoint for Carolina, it's DJ Moore or nobody. I want no part of Devin Funches or, or, any, or Curtis Samuel. I, I only want DJ Moore. Yeah, I mean, Funches was brutal this past week. He dropped a touchdown, dropped a couple other passes. We've seen in the past, too, with Greg Olson healthy, his target share goes down. But if Carolina is smart, they got to go to DJ Moore uh, a lot more, and even Curtis Samuel over Funches with the way he has been performing. See, the thing with Curtis Samuel, he, he's a playmaker, right? He, he can pop a few off, and Devin Funches just can't. Devin Funches is, is, is a low yardage test guy. He's a big body in the red zone. That's great maybe a good third-down um, uh, chain mover. But Curtis Samuel's explosive and D.J. Moore's explosive. So, you know, let's get them the football, Nerf Turner. Yeah, no question about it. How about Kiki Kuti? He returned, had a pretty good game, although I don't think people realize this. I, I saw it going into the week. 
And the trend continued. I got a question today about Deshaun Watson on the a message board at scoutfantasysports.com because they feel like they're not confident in him. Watson has 25 pass attempts or fewer in five straight games. I don't care who you are unless you're Russell Wilson. It's hard to put up fantasy production when you're not throwing the ball much, but QT came back at nine targets, five receptions for 77 yards in his first game back uh, from the hamstring strain again. So is QT uh, someone you would pick up if he's available or someone that you could see in a, as a wide receiver three the rest of the way? In, in a PPR league, absolutely. I thought that the Marius Thomas trade did not make any sense for the Texans. They were coming off losing Will Fuller. The Marius Thomas does not do the same kind of thing that Will Fuller does. So I don't know if they thought he was going to be a different kind of playmaker or the same playmaker, but I think they whiffed on that one. I like Kuti's role in this offense. Uh, they don't really have a tight end. It's DeAndre Hopkins, and then to me it's Kuti as a number two, even though Demarius Thomas is not there. Yeah, for sure. And Demarius Thomas, no receptions in his last seven quarters. They force-fed him on the first drive in that revenge game against Denver, and uh, we haven't seen him since. He's uh, been missing in action uh, for those that have used him, and they're very frustrated. Uh, Trey Quan Smith, you know, he disappointed two weeks ago. The, Bang- uh, the Saints put up 51 points, and he had no targets. To me, that made him, you know, a good play this week as a deep sleeper. I put him in that column in, in DFS. But certainly 13 targets is not what you expected. They have another good matchup this week at home against Atlanta. Is Traquan Smith someone that you have to deploy based on matchups? Absolutely. Um, Based on matchups and based on the fact that, you know, Chiefs, Rams, and Saints are the top three offenses in the league. And you want every piece of part of that as you can. In some weeks, yeah, maybe you do get a zero because he doesn't catch any passes. But some weeks you're also going to get 10 for 138 and a touchdown. And some, when you have that kind of potential on that offense with a great matchup, you absolutely roll them out there. What do we do with Corey Davis right now? You know, to me, uh, we've seen the talent two weeks ago, and you saw Marcus Merida. You're like, all right, he's healthy. They beat the Cowboys. They beat the Patriots. Even before Mariota went down, the offense was terrible against Indy. Now we don't know about Mariota, and that game is Monday night. Uh, is it? Do we need Mariota to start to use Corey Davis? Can we not trust him with Blaine Gabbert? What do we do? Because he's probably been the player that's uh, been one of the most frustrating this year for fantasy. Uh, I'm going to break this down quickly. Can't trust him with Gabbert. Use him only as a borderline wide receiver three. Because without Mariota under center, I have no confidence in Blaine Gabbert. And even when Mariota was under center, Corey Davis's confidence, I was wavering back and forth. And you mentioned two good games against the Patriots and the Cowboys, where he, where he had a lot of targets, and against the Patriots, he put it all together. But this past week against the Colts, certainly frustrating. So, again, borderline wide receiver three with Corey Davis this week. Another player who disappointed last week, uh, when I think a lot of people were using him, and that's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He had one catch. But if you look at the previous few games, you know he was pretty productive. And when you have a receiver like him, there are going to be some down weeks. Unfortunately, he was really down. But is he someone that you're worried about not turning this around, or was it just one bad game for him? And we can look to to use him in our fantasy lineups. I think with Jimmy Graham's injury, Randall Cobb being hurt, them kind of finding a rushing attack, it's going to be Devontae Adams and and, and MSV, Marquise Valdez, MVS, Valdez-Scantling. Sorry. Just the fact that it's Aaron Rodgers under center, and I know the Packers may be out of playoff contention, and I know they don't look like a typical Packer Rodgers-led offense, and I do think Mike McCarthy 
gets fired in the offseason. But you have to roll him. I mean, he's the number two wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. He's going to get six targets a game. That's his floor, I think, going forward. That Seahawks matchup was, was bizarre. I don't think they really got into a flow of their offense. Aaron Jones popped off a couple big runs, which I think kind of changed up their game plan a little bit. But I think you can, you can confidently use um, Valdez Scantling going forward. What do you think about this Redskins offense with Colt McCoy at quarterback? It's not like they were great with Alex Smith either, but is there any value at all? We did see Jordan Reed score a touchdown for the first time since week one, and it was on a Colt McCoy pass. Does it maybe help Jordan Reed? Uh, what are your thoughts on the Redskins offense now with McCoy at quarterback? I hope it helps Jordan Reed because who else do they really have other than Reed and Peterson? I mean, no one's using their wide receivers. Jamison Crowder's been hurt. Josh Stockton's been a disappointment. Um, I forget, was it Paul Richardson went on, I think, into the reserve? Yeah, I, I hope it helps Jordan Reed because who else is really Colt McCoy throwing to at this point? Yeah, it's been brutal to, to watch that team uh, offensively. And I was looking at it last week. I'm like, they're 6-3. and three. I mean, this team is so bad, you know, but we can't have them in the playoffs. And now it actually it opens the door for my Cowboys to, to win this division. Like, if they don't win this division, it's all their fault. Like, it's there for them to take it with the Eagles struggling. Although, you know, if the Cowboys win this week and the Giants win this week, the Giants are two games out of first. Adam, the Giants. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear any games out of first from you the rest of the year. All right, they're they're not. They're not making the playoffs. They beat the Bucks and the 49ers, two of the worst teams in the league. There's three bad teams in the league: the Bucks, the 49ers, and the Giants. And the Giants just beat two of the other bad three teams. So let's let's forget this nonsense that the Giants are X games amount of uh, X games back out of the playoffs. If the Cowboys don't win this division, Jason Garrett needs to get fired. See, and that's the only thing that worries. See, that's the thing that worries me now. If they do, then that means Garrett stays, and and that's a problem because he might he might stay anyway. I that is true, but Barry if they, Jones is so out of control that he might stay anyway, and this guy needs to go. Him and Mike Mike McCarthy need to say goodbye. Trust me, as a Cowboys fan, I know, and that's why, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, your team's in good shape now. They come into the division. I'm like, it doesn't matter because, first of all, Garrett can still find a way to mess it up. They still have to play the Saints next week, too. It is in Dallas, but uh, even with that game, they should still be able to win. I mean, the toughest game left after that is the Colts. Division games are always tough, and they do have Philly again and, and the Giants uh, last game of the year. You know, knowing the Giants, since they've already ruined their draft pick, they'll they'll definitely look to play spoiler that last game of the season. For sure, they'll, they'll, the Giants will screw something up. They'll have instead of having like the third pick, they'll get the sixth pick, and we'll see the Bucks or the Raiders. I guess the Raiders will already have a top three pick. They'll, we'll see somebody trade up ahead of the Giants, and they'll end up drafting a quarterback. And the Giants will take a right tackle or um, a defensive end that they'll trade away in three years. Yeah, I, look, I think that the Cowboys have talent. The problem is they're not equipped to play with these high-powered offenses. The Saints, uh, they just can't. You know, if they fall behind, they're not built to play that way. So that's the problem. You know, you see so many of the top teams now with high-powered offenses, and Dallas plays the complete opposite game, run the football, grind out the clock. But I do think their defense is good. It's just I don't see them taking that step with Jason Garrett as the coach. Let's see what they do against the Saints. If they can give the ball to Ezekiel twenty-five times a game, twenty-five times in that game, let's see how much it slows down the Saints. Let's see if they can actually play their game and come out against a high octane offense and and what and win one. 
Because that would be telling for their playoff hopes. If they can give Zeke, I don't know if they do it, but they need to do it. They need to give Zeke the ball 25 times against the Saints when they play him in two weeks or in week 13. And then when that happens and they, and they win, if they win, then we'll be able to say, okay, you know what? I'm not as upset that one of these teams in the NFC East get to make the playoffs. Yeah, I doubt that happens. It would be nice, but I doubt it. Uh, looking at the Bears now, it's sounding like Mitch Trubisky's not going to play this week. So that would mean Chase Daniel against the Lions. But it's a short week. It's in Detroit. We can say Detroit's not that good. I know they got a win against the Panthers. But what does this do for the Bears' offensive skill players if Trubisky is out? Yeah, I mean, Chase Daniels is going to start this week. And the Lions on Thanksgiving, they're always much better on the, on Turkey Day. And I don't really... I'm not a huge fan of the Bears' offense to begin with, even with Trubisky under center, much less, obviously, if Chase Daniels is under center. I guess maybe you're just using Trey Burton this week. I don't think you, you – maybe Allen Robinson is your wide receiver two or three, but are you, are you throwing Taylor Gabriel out there? Probably not. Anthony Miller? Probably not. You know, that's the thing. When you look at this Bears' offense and break it down, like who do you feel confident starting week to week? I mean, Allen Robinson, you had the big game coming back and was quiet last week. This is the team where – you really have to break it down and look for the individual matchups and see who benefits the most. If the tight end position wasn't so desperate for all of fantasy, then Trey Burton wouldn't be uh, even considered a weekly starter. But that's just kind of a more of a, of a reflection on how bad the tight ends are and how injury in, uh, injury uh, plague this this position is uh, here in 2018. Yeah, no, it's been really bad. Uh, one final one, Rashad Penny. He's looked good at times, but it seems like this is a backfield that they want to feed Chris Carson a lot. Could you see Penny getting more involved on the stretch, or you think it's mostly Chris Carson? I really hope so. Uh, I have I have a lot of shares of Rashad Penny. I've been holding on to him for the last couple of weeks, thinking that he's just going to take over because Chris Carson is constantly banged up. And I don't believe in Mike Davis, and I know Brian Schottenheimer, the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks, wants to run the football. And they're running the football. It's just they're running it with three different guys, plus Russell Wilson. So right now, Penny's just keeping my bench warm, and hopefully he'll be able to break the starting lineup if, you know, something like Chris Carson or, or Mike Davis uh, get nicked up a little bit. That is Bill Enright, one of the top rankers over the last few years, according to Fantasy Pros. You can find him at ffchamps.com. Bill, thanks for the time as always, and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, Adam. Happy Thanksgiving. You too, man. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, check us out, scoutfantasysports.com. Promo code RONUS70 gets you 70% off your first month. Whether it's season-long, NBA DFS, or NFL DFS, we have you covered in VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. I'll be back Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.